Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Orda Energy Mon, and this is Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. Guess what? That's right. This is Orda Energy Mon, and there are... Today happens to be Friday, October 22nd. Did you know that? I did. Uh, there are only 71 days left in the year. All right. Holidays. Today is Hunter's Moon. It's also the anniversary of World's End Day. Today happens to be the birthday of Timothy Leary. Tomorrow, Saturday, 22nd of 23rd of October, happens to be Make a Difference Day. That's right. We just have one day a year to make a difference. So we might as well focus on that day. Um, what is there to do tomorrow? Well... I'm not sure, but it better be something about making a difference. And tomorrow is also National Mole Day. And Scorpio begins. It's also TV Talk Show Host Day. Uh Uh-huh. Make a Difference Day and TV Talk Show Host Day. That's kind of a blend. Sunday is Mother-in-Law Day. You could make a difference on Saturday to make it so that your mother-in-law is happy on Sunday. Sunday is also United Nations Day and the UN World Development Information Day. And it's the beginning of World Origami Days, which is from 1024 to 1111. And Sunday happens to be Independence Day for Zambia. I almost said Zambia. Which way is the proper way to pronounce it? I don't think it's Zambia. Monday is St. Crispin's Day, and it is Sourist Day, the sourest day of the year. Tuesday is Mule Day. I remember growing up in Tennessee, and Mule Day was huge. They actually had a whole Mule Day festival. People would um, either load up their mules and drive to the Mule Day festival... Or in some cases, they would do a wagon train caravan and, you know, camp halfway there and et cetera, et cetera. It was a whole big development. Wednesday is Cranky Coworkers Day. They're only allowed one day of the year, so, you know, let them have it. Let them have it. The rest of the year, you can, you know, not put up with them. But they're, you know, cranky. Hey, if there is no cranky coworker, you are the cranky coworker. Wednesday is also Navy Day and the anniversary of the New York City subway. And Turkmenistan, they decided to have an Independence Day. Pretty good, eh? Thursday is St. Jude's Day and Statue of Liberty Day. And the Czech Republic, well, they have an Independence Day next Thursday. Those are a few of the holidays for today. For this week, again, let us get into some happenings. Again, this happens to be a very happening town. And if you would like your happening to well happen, you must send it to the happening guys. That happens to be me and Tree Song. 
If you want to email it to us, or you can stop by the station and put it in our mailbox, send your happenings to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. You can also send it, and I recommend sending it to both of us, treesong at treesong.org. Now, Treesong happens to be out of town. He is going to visit the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. If you would like to know more about the zombie zombie apocalypse, there's actually a daily blog about the zombie apocalypse apparently already happened back in like May. And so there's a daily blog about what's been happening. Um, the website is livingwiththedead.net. Very interesting. The end of the world has happened and it's showing how people are surviving. Today is Friday, and every Friday at 6 p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center, there is Rice and Spice, the International Slow Food Dinner. This week, cooking Lebanese with Ali. Ali is going to cook Lebanese cuisine, which is considered to be one of the top cuisines in the world. It is actually the base for almost all Middle Eastern food and Mediterranean foods. It is famous for its fresh ingredients and abundance of fresh vegetables, garlic, olive oil, and lemon juice. And Lebanese cuisine is very unique in the way it is cooked, but mainly, even more so, the way it's eaten. Um, but you'll have to you know, come by to see what we mean. Slow food? What is it? Well, you know what fast food is. Unfortunately, everybody knows what fast food is. Well, at a slow food dinner, people meet and cook together taking their time to enjoy the company and savor the meal. Our own slow food dinners brings culture and cuisine from all over to the, the world to our own table. And, of course, you know, we'd love to see you there because you do happen to have some culture and you do happen to be from the world. Yes. In Happenings, Farmer's Market you know the farmer's market will be around till the end of November. A lot of people think it's the beginning of November, but it is the end of November. And that is from every Saturday from 8 until noon at the west side of town parking lot. Um, just look for lots and lots of cars and people. Saturdays at noon at the Town Square Pavilion, the Vigil for Peace. So go to the farmer's market, stock up on your vegetables. Go to the town square pavilion, stock up on your peace. So I have a note from a fellow DJ. This is Dave X. I want to let you know that I'm going to be hosting a guiding, guided sound walk of the SIU campus this Saturday, October 23rd. It's at 10.30 in the morning and we'll be meeting outside the north end of the student center. What is a sound walk? A sound walk is something like a walking tour of sounds in an area. We'll examine how these sounds relate to one another, how they influence us, what sounds can tell us, and touch on basic listening literacy. It's a very different way of sensing a well-known environment, using one of your most neglected, most misunderstood senses. I hope you can make it, and then you'll, you know, learn a new way to sense sound. The event is free and it lasts about an hour. Again, Saturday at 10.30, meeting at the north end of the Student Center. 
An Evening with Dada Veda Dada Veda has been a yogic monk and a teacher of meditation for the past 40 years. Dada's songs are acoustic folk songs with lyrics that blend the wisdom of Eastern mysticism with the rhythms of folk and country music. An Evening with Dada Veda will be Saturday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center. This free concert is sponsored by the um, Ananda Marga Meditation Center, and um, Dada Veda will also give an introduction to meditation seminar at the Ananda Marga Meditation Center on Sunday, October 24th at 1 p.m., which is located at 402 South University Avenue. Um, Let's see. I got this new CD of sounds, and I don't really know all the sounds on it. It's just like sound effect CD, and it's recordings of different places, like you know Africa on an afternoon. Um, I suppose this one is the ocean. So, I did want to uh, announce next Friday. There will be, after Rice and Spice, the International Slow Food Dinner, will be the beginning at sunset of the 24-hour Quran reading and teaching. That's October 29th through the 30th, from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. Uh, come have a uh, dinner. It'll be Muslim American goodness. And then... Stick around for a 24-hour Quran reading. And I think there is a few openings, especially at the midnight to 6 a.m. section, for people to you know, participate in the reading of the Quran. And that will be um, next Friday. So. Are you relaxed yet? You probably would rather listen to that than my voice. I would. Um, let me mention another happening. Next Thursday, the Illinois State Senate Energy Committee will be holding hearings on a variety of topics concerning renewable energy. Again, that's next Thursday, October 28th at 11 a.m. at the James R. Thompson Center, room 16-301, 100 West Randolph Street in Chicago. 
Uh, the agenda will be posted on the front page of the Illinois Solar Energy Society Association's website, which is illinoisolar.org. You will have an opportunity to attend and the option to testify on concerns that, you know, issues that concern you. Um, this message is from the president of the Illinois Solar Energy Association, Mark Berger. So that is next Thursday, illinoisolar.org. The storm is upon us. <laughs> I love the power of turning the storm off. And now the news. Did you know that Germany is trying to scale back on the growth of solar power? Well, they're having too much of it. Based on the current rate, Germany would have almost 50 gigawatts of solar capacity by 2013. And Berlin recently agreed to reduce subsidies for rooftop solar panels by 16%. That's down from subsidies up to 50% in some cases. Now compare that with the U.S. where the tax incentive for solar vary, but are never come close to the benefits fossil fuels get. The average U.S. taxpayer has paid $521.73 towards fossil fuel subsidies over the past five years. And in that same time, has only paid $7.24 towards solar energy subsidies. So... If you would like to subsidize some solar energy, there are programs where you can give like five, six, or you know, as much money as you want per month, and that goes directly to help, you know, people install solar energy. In some cases, it goes to large-scale projects. In some cases, it goes to low-income housing projects. But no matter what, you know, you can help solar get installed if you can't install it on your own home. I wanted to read this um, eight medical technologies that seem straight from sci-fi. Now, I'm not going to read it in complete detail. If you would like to hear about it in complete detail, you should um, get on our newsletter list. I do send out the newsletter, well, every week, everything we talk about on the show, plus stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about. There is a, a soft spot for inventions that could radically improve someone's life. So it got us thinking about some of the radical technology that we've seen recently, including a battery-controlled wheelchair, legs that help paraplegics walk again, nano-ink tattoos that monitor blood sugar and diabetes in diabetics, and more. Here's the top eight medical technologies that seem straight out of sci-fi. Robotic skin. They have come up with a touch-sensitive quote-unquote skin for robots. The e-skin helps robots gauge how much pressure they're actually putting on something they're grasping, allowing it to switch from heavy to fragile objects without the need for programming. A brain-controlled wheelchair. A new wheelchair created by researchers at the Federal Institute of Technology combines brain messages with artificial intelligence to provide a new level of mobility to paralyzed people. I mean, literally, it's a skull cap worn by the user 
collects the brain signals, like literally, you know, moving a hand from right to left to the chair, and then the chair takes that and goes right to left. So, um, microscope on a cell phone. Literally, this is a microscope the size of a cell phone. Researchers are able to check out blood samples and better detect diseases present present in the samples thanks to the imaging. So, and then of course the fact that it's a cell phone allows the images to be sent quick to nearby hospitals for assessment and diagnostic diagnosis. Vibrating cameras as eyes. Um. This is still in a conceptual, not in reality, but the concept would turn a blind person's hands into their new eyes. It looks kind of like a little Bluetooth device, but is worn on the hands. It uses video motion detection technology to detect a person's surroundings. Alright. Read more about eight more inventions that can transfer lives from liquid glasses to printed skin cells to a bionic arm straight out of Star Wars by, well, signing up to our newsletter. A car for the blind. That's right. This customized car will allow a blind person to drive the vehicle entirely independently using sensors that detect a driver's surroundings. This would also help, you know, for people in dark weather or, you know, bad weather to be able to see where you know you're going. E-legs. I've actually seen this before. Um, that this is an actual product. And it's like a complete e-skeleton for someone who is um, paralyzed. And so it gives new options not only for someone who's paralyzed, but someone who um, needs strength training. So like um, it helps you, it could help you exercise. Um you know, you could put resistance so you try to walk and it's harder to walk, etc. Um, medical devices powered by body fluid. Not bodily fluid, but body fluid. They've actually created a fuel cell powered by blood that are more powerful and smaller than the current pacemaker batteries. This is the first glucose-powered fuel cell to actually work inside a human's body. So far, they've had it inside a rat for 11 days and then accessible by wire sticking out so that they can, you know, um, test it. That's kind of creepy. And, you know, far from PETA approved, yet it could still one day be a medical breakthrough helping to keep people alive. And the final eight medical technologies that could seem straight out of sci-fi is... Nano ink tattoos for diabetics. Rather than having to prick one's finger several times a day to monitor glucose level, people with type 1 diabetes could simply get a new tattoo with nano ink that can continuously monitor the amount of sugar into their bloodstream, thanks to research being done at MIT. Their new sensing system would be a tattoo of nanoparticles that could detect glucose and a device like a wristwatch worn over the tattoos. The nanoparticles would come in contact with the glucose and the sensor gives an output reading of the levels detected. What do you think of that? Alright, that was some medical miracles that seem right out of sci-fi. 
I wonder how much of sci-fi has pushed, you know, technology to become like sci-fi, where people just came up with, you know, literally off-the-wall ideas and wrote it as sci-fi, and now it's really pushed technology to go that way. All right. Speaking of weird technology, how about Sedenfreuden? Why Monsanto is paying farmers to spray its revels herbicides. I mean, literally, they're... Okay, I'll read the article. Monsanto's ongoing humiliation proceeds apace. I'm talking about the fact that Monsanto has been forced into the unenviable position of having to pay farmers to spray the herbicides from other companies. If you tend... If you tend large planting of Monsanto's Roundup-ready soy or cotton, genetically engineered to withstand applications of the company's Roundup herbicides, which will kill the weeds, supposedly, but not the crops, Monsanto will actually cut you a $6 check for every acre in which you apply at least two other herbicides. One imagines farmers counting their cash as as literally millions of acres across the South and Midwest get doused with Monsanto-subsidized poison cocktails. The move is the latest step in the abject reversal of Monsanto's longtime claim. Their claim? Roundup-ready technology solved the age-old problem of weeds in an ecologically benign way. What's been happening is the weeds have become, well, they've become more and more immune to Monsanto's chemical, and therefore they have to use other chemicals also to kill it. And so Monsanto is paying farmers to now spray other chemicals to make it so that, well, Monsanto's chemicals work better. So, did you see that, how Lady Gaga wore this outfit out of meat? No, I didn't see it either. Showing too much flesh. Wearing Lady Gaga's meat dress for Halloween. Still a very bad idea. If you get our newsletter, we have a link to a video. Um, Lady Gaka can be an inspiration in some case. She's all over energy-saving tips, for example. But when it comes to a Gaga-inspired Halloween costumes, it pays to listen to your mom's advice on this one and not show too much flesh. While Gaga got away with marching her fleshy, meaty flanks across the MTV Video Music Awards, Following suit in a suit of steak for Halloween goes against USDA recommendations. Um, Make that any recommendations. However, I'm not sure who would actually go draping $250 worth of raw meat on their body for the sake of authenticity anyway. Wait a second. Never mind. I'm sure someone's going to you know, want to wear a meat suit just because Lady Gaga did it. For a um, complete article, please uh, email me, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and I will send you a link to the video of Lady Gaga wearing clothes made out of meat. Uh-huh. So. And our final news article of the day. Before I get to that, I probably should send a shout-out to somebody. Um, I understand I have a new listener. My um, new chief COO, Franzi, 
said she was going to try to listen, and I'll see if she listened and got her shout out. Shout out! All right. Positive impact. Putting out the recycling could save your life. After they've saved your life, recycling bins also make a great setting for your next tropical getaway. What? You've got to see the picture to understand that. You probably heard that recycling can help you save the planet. But did you know that it could also save your life? This past summer, two teens from Vancouver, Canada, fell almost seven stories from their apartment building roof after a wooden structure gave way, and so did they. They fell seven stories. Fortunately, they were saved from a very negative impact by landing on a pile of recyclables put out by a neighbor who was trying to have a positive impact. Considering the 18-year-old young man and woman escaped with only a few bruises and a broken leg, I'm assuming they didn't land on the glass recycling bin. So kids, the moral of the story is, never let anyone tell you that recycling is a waste of time. It could actually be a real lifesaver. How putting out the recycling could save your life. Well, I hope to see you on the radio next week. Same time, same place. This has been Ord Energy Mon. Hey, the crickets don't have to come out just because I'm done talking. <laughs>